your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. There we go. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in studio with me, as he is most Fridays, is UW Lacrosse, or, you know, the guy that's off for the summer, <laughs> political science professor, <laughs> Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Happy Friday, Rick. And let's just play this again. Let's go. Living in a rainbow land, where everything goes as planned. It's Pride Month. we got to play rainbows. Yeah. Even though the song really... I guess, is it Pride? Is it a Pride song? Maybe it's one of those songs where you have to read between the lines to understand the meaning. I mean, if we're holding hands, does that make us... I don't know. Like, that seems like a thing people do. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. I have to hold my daughter's hand to get her to walk. She still hasn't walking on her own. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, that's disappointing, isn't it, for her? She's almost 14 months, so I'm just waiting. Any day now, I feel like she's going to walk Is she taking her. her first steps, though? I mean, oh, absolutely. That. She just needs a little hand. A little holding hands. Yeah. Um, do you get mad at her? Come on. <laughs> Come on. What's your problem? You could do it. You got to be like, are you like a... You know, like one of those coaches that's just, you know. <laughs> not at all. Not at Obviously. all. Uh, student orientation this week, next week. Is it weekend thing or a week thing? It's a weekend. weekday thing. Yeah, we are four days into new student orientation at UWL. And it's all about just getting the new students ready for the first semester that they'll be with us, getting them ready for fall semester. It's a great time. I really enjoy being part of it. Do they hit the trough in the cafeteria where you can get all the ice cream you want? That's what we used to call it, the, tr- the, the trough. trough. I, I mean, the, the, the epitome of the freshman 15 is the fact oh. that you can hit the ice cream as many times a day as you well, not as, many, as much as you want Absolutely. every meal. Absolutely. We still have that right in the calf? I, you eat in the calf? You know, I have never eaten in the cafeteria. You haven't been UW. in the cafeteria? Well, I, I, I mean, I eat at the student union all the time oh, okay. where they have like Herberts and Gerberts or they have Einstein bagels. But I've never actually been to the dining hall. I can't believe you've never been there. You've never been there? So I've been at the basement because they have – That doesn't count. Yeah. No, I mean I've never you, like eaten there. You need to just go and eat there once. I mean you might even be able to get like some discount on meals, right, being a worker? You know, one time I was offered the chance to do some taste testing there to see, you know, how they could improve so that more faculty would want to eat there. But I declined. I did not do that. All right, we got political stuff to talk about, but if you got questions for UW Lacrosse Political Science questions Professor, about the dining options at UW, don't, don't ask him about those. He doesn't even know. He's never been to the cafeteria. I've, uh, you know what? I would if someone offered me free food at the cafeteria, I'd be good. Um, but very important other stories that very we have. important. Family finds a million pennies while they're cleaning their LA home. So like one of the members passed away or something, and then a million pennies that they count them. Yeah, Rick, this is from KABC News in Los Angeles. A local realtor and his wife are trying to decide their next move after finding one million pennies in her father's old Los Angeles home. So I do know something about this. Uh-huh. Now, if you have a penny, penny's not worth a penny anymore sometimes. Like, it's not quite worth a penny. 
penny is made out of copper. Copper, very expensive right now. If you had a million pennies, you melt them down in the copper. But apparently the pennies aren't actually copper. They're copper coated. So don't if you guys find a million pennies somewhere in your house or your grandpa's house or something, don't melt them down because it's not actually copper. Because I was wondering about this part of the story, Rick. The coins have been listed for sale for $25,000, but the value of a million pennies is $10,000. So I was just a little baffled by that part. Okay, do we know? Okay, we we'll get to it in a, a little bit. Maybe we just, I just where do you where do you keep a million pennies? Yeah, um, thieves steal two hundred sneakers worth thirteen grand, but the two hundred secret sneakers need to be four hundred sneakers because they only have <laughs> one side of the sneaker. Yeah, a shop in Peru, thieves stole two hundred sneakers, but they were only for the right foot. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Works good for you know amputees, I guess. A uh, man wanted in South Carolina for stealing $40,000 worth of a story, that an ongoing, like, this is another one of those ongoing things that happens in, in food. Uh, stole $40,000 worth of chicken from a poultry plant. This is not nearly as impressive as a story that we've discussed a while ago. A school worker who stole $1.5 million of chicken wings from a school district. This is just a mere $40,000 yeah. I mean, it's not even worth... I mean, if, there, if you have school worker steals a million and a half dollars worth of chicken wings from a school, yeah. if you have that story, are there any other stories that you can talk about after that, that if they're not as impressive, this guy forty grand worth of chicken from a chicken plant. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's still, nothing. I'm we should go. Curious. We should go back to the million dollar. We should go back and get the update from the guy. It was because he's had to have gone through court. Well, I, I mean, I still want to know how he did it, right? Like, how do you steal forty thousand dollars of chicken? I mean, okay. And then they call it a poultry plant. Why not just a chicken plant? Yeah. Why not? And then also, is it maybe that plant-based stuff? Is that why it's a poultry plant? Yeah. Um, All right. Let's just keep going down this list of nonsense before we go to break. Woman woman declared dead, knocks on coffin during her own wake (laughs) in Ecuador. I've seen this. I've seen this story with a guy who faked his own death and then showed up at his funeral. Have you seen that one? That I've one's have been this going around my, this week. This is my worst nightmare, Rick. This activates all of my fears of being buried alive. Because a 76-year-old woman who was declared dead at a hospital in Ecuador astonished her relatives by knocking on her coffin during her wake. And the incident has prompted a government investigation into the hospital. I love the quote in the headline. It gave us all a fright. Yeah, I would think so. But shouldn't it have an exclamation point at the end of it? Just so you know. Because <laughs> right. if she's like, wow, she, yeah, my aunt, she's knocking on the coffin door at her funeral. Gave us all a fright. <laughs> like, what? Yep. what? I was freaked out. Um, and then the last one, hundreds attend church service generated by chat GPT. That yeah. Makes, that a- one a- actually seems okay. AI can do everything. It can do a church service. It can't do everything. It can't do everything. I, th- I know this. <laughs> AI is very good at like looking at history, so a church service would be great because it's just going through all the history of the church, right? Bible, it's all history. Uh, but it can't like predict. I, I've read that it can't predict like stock market stuff. Oh, because sure, it, sure. It's just not. It, it it can, but it's. I don't think it's very good. I, I'm very uninformed about it though, because once you get me talking about the stock market, just turn turn it off. Um, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me is UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jurgoski. We're discussing. Uh, this is a kind of a funny Reddit thread. Is what you would uh, 
you wouldn't go cheaper on if you had the. Yeah. I guess a lot of people don't have this choice, so you couldn't. Sure. You couldn't go cheaper, but you know, uh, the first thing I thought of, and we'll get to some of the ones on the thread, but a mattress. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't cheap out on a mattress because you you're a third. Hopefully, a third of your life is going to be spent there, and in, in the time of the the mattress's life. Anyway. Yeah. The topic is what do you not. Buy the cheapest option for, and and then, and, and so Chagoski in uh, during the break he gives me this analogy on cheese because I would say cheese. Yeah, right. Okay, so you would say cheese, and my you know my rebuttal there was like I just I'm just want something to melt over the top, and I want or Parmesan cheese. I just want the texture on a pizza. I will grant you but that you, it depends what you're using the cheese for, right? Because you gave me the, mm, <laughs> but if I'm having some wine and cheese. <laughs> So Chagoski on the, during the break says something about what wine and cheese is that what you, like how yeah like you're it, not cheaping out <laughs> yeah if you're like ordering the cheese for a party say or, yeah and you're having wine with cheese yeah right? the then, beer wine and cheese fest yeah then you need a decent you know you need a good cheese for that okay but the think about the, the scenario where you have the fancy wine you wouldn't cheap out on the wine but let's just oh say, I absolutely cheap out then, on the wine. <laughs> <laughs> you cheap out on the wine. I, 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 the buy scenario. The, I buy the $3 bottle of wine and then get a great cheese. Think about the scenario where you have the wine, right? And you have guests over and you're doing, I don't know, like the fancy pinkies up party. And then you bring out like a plastic bag of craft cheese <laughs> chunks, like craft cheese chunks. And you'd like just dump them in a bowl. <laughs> like, what is that? Also... You're cheap. It's so funny that you cheap out on the wine because if you're cheaping out on the wine, like what you have, like you have this awesome tray of cheese. I don't even know what you would put fancy. Like if you're having people over for a charcuterie board, is it? Do you yeah, put cheese on? Oh, a che- those are all the rage now. So if you do that, but then you bring out a, a box, like a box of wine <laughs> or something, or some cans. Uh, they me, put, me and my wife love those box. They put, don't they put wine in cans now? You just yeah. here, here's a can of wine. Um, but other ones on the on the Reddit thread were trash bags, work boots. Trash bags, absolutely. You do not want to leak in your trash bag. Um, I had some environmental guys on. We were talking about recycling earlier this week. It's a good show. It was fun. Uh, we definitely spilled beer on the counter over there, too. So not we. They did. They definitely spilled beer. But um, and we, we didn't get into it. You're so, telling me I could be drinking beer during this show? Yes, you brought in soda. But you could be <laughs> drinking. Brought in a you do whatever Dew. you want, man. I don't care how you get home. No, I do. <laughs> Um, but like trash bags, but here's here's just like I'm gonna throw it out there is no we don't need to discuss it, but the idea that we put all our garbage in a piece of plastic, seal it up, and then throw it in a landfill where the plastic doesn't dissolve, sure, right, and then it's it, and then therefore everything inside the plastic bag is kind of like preserved, you know, like a like a time what is it you a time capsule, right? Like you bury something so you can dig it up in fifty years. We are doing this with our garbage every time. So not only should we not cheap out, maybe we should cheap out on the, on the plastic garbage bags because we need to get the cheapest ones that'll rip and tear so the crap inside dissolves a little sooner in the landfill that the Cross County is having fill up in 25 that's years. That's an interesting take. I like it. Yeah. That's not even a conspiracy theory. I don't. <laughs> do I have a conspiracy theory? I told you earlier this week I had one. Remember this? <laughs> I, I mean, do. It's in our message thread. I got it. Okay. I just jogged okay. my memory. Okay, we got to get to the conspiracy theory later. I think I'm up to like four weeks in a row, but we do have some calls. You got your headphones yeah, on? Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right, we'll, we'll go to call. Nope. All right. Caller, who's this? It's Sarge. Hey, Sarge, you got a question for Chagoski? 
Well, I actually have a suggestion for him. Uh, he said he was having uh, his daughter wasn't taken off walking. She only does it with her when he holds her hand. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we you, go we Bobby had, Knight on her, right, we Sarge? Had a go Bobby Knight. That was similar to that. And so what we did is we had her hold on to a stick, and we held on to the stick. And as oh. she's walking, we let go of the stick, and she thought she was still hanging on and just took off walking. That's a looked brilliant like a little, idea. Looked like a little orangutan walking around with her hands in the air. Oh, it's just it's kind of like when you're uh, holding the kid on the training wheels, with or uh, uh, the kid with without training wheels for the first time on a bike. And you're like, I got you, I got you. And then the kid turns around, and you're like 50 feet behind him. He's like, oh, no. So you give a kid a stick so she can uh, use it to balance, and then you let go of the stick. That's and- a brilliant idea from Sarge because I think she's just lacks the confidence that she can walk on her own. I mean, well, I think she's perfectly capable. Well, can I do this this clip that I have from my show yesterday? Absolutely. Okay, so I wanted to have Jill Billings on yesterday, but she couldn't. She had uh, her handler said, I got I got to meet. She either has to work at six because she's part of the legislature, J- Jill Billings, right? Did I say that? And, and she, they're either meeting at six or they're meeting at 10. And I was, and, and it just thought, okay, well, obviously she can't come on the show then, and I don't want to have her on the show when if she, if they met at ten, it would be dumb to have her on at six because then they meet at ten. And then I said, so I said this yesterday, which is exactly what happened. Here's what I said yesterday on the show. Don't know how the state legislature works. I'm kind of opposed to bills being passed in the middle of the night. We see that often, not often, but we see that enough to be like, oh, you guys pass this at like three in the morning when only Rick Solom is up reading the news and reading the Twitter updates. So let's see. That was at six, five, the five o'clock hour. So eight hours later, I'm still up and <laughs> I'm reading Scott Bauer, Wisconsin's Associated Press writer, on Twitter, talking about how the legislature is passing stuff literally at two thirty in the morning. The Joint Finance Committee, the committee charged with crafting the budget for the state of Wisconsin, is notorious for holding these late night slash early morning hearings. And they did exactly that. I was going to say last night, but actually early this morning, a.k.a. Friday morning, when they voted at 2.30 a.m. to eliminate funding for what is called child care counts. That is a pandemic era child care subsidy program. And you're right, Rick. You know, they were scheduled to have this hearing, have this session at 1 p.m. All of the political watchers in the state said, yeah fat chance that this actually happens at 1 p.m. It happened in the middle of the night. And so we woke up today or, you know, those of us who sleep normal hours, <laughs> we woke up today to find that the child care counts program had been eliminated by the Republicans. Yeah, it's one of the an, another one of those programs like a, a free school lunch. And that's actually being debated in the U.S. House of Representatives. The idea that we should pass legislation across the nation where all kids get school lunch and they don't have to parents don't have to worry about paying for it it's just kind of worked into the system and we were doing that for a while and i have school lunch debt numbers it's a story i'm going to have next week uh from the lacrosse school district but then that ended and school lunch debt in lacrosse immediately starts ramping up and and, and kids can't pay but we're, yeah. we're doing that <laughs> while minnesota is passing free school lunch programs the U.S. House of Representatives, led by Republicans, are trying to end that ability. And then in Wisconsin, we're trying to end COVID-era child care, which, which child care providers are like, yeah, we this is a good program. We implemented it during COVID, sure, but it ended up working really well. Maybe we should continue it. No, we're going to end it. 
Yeah, Rick, the numbers from the Associated Press, child care counts handed out nearly $600 million to more than 4,900 child care providers from March 2020 through March 2023. It was to help providers covering rent, mortgage payments, utilities, cleaning, and professional development. The funding will be exhausted by February of next year. Like you said, Democrats, Governor Tony Evers, child care providers had been pushing for this funding because we know that there are a lot of struggles in the childcare industry, kind of the tight margins that they work on, competition for workers, just getting enough people to staff the childcare center, how much it costs to pay for childcare. So many challenges when it comes to childcare. And it's really important. I mean, when we think about the economic effects of childcare, if you can't get childcare, then maybe you have to stay home with your kid. And that means one less person in the workforce. Well, it's part of this ongoing, like, well, how many programs are we going to end or not fund in the state that are going to tell people this state is not for you? You don't need to come here. If you're having a kid, you're having a, you have a kid. So yeah. you have to put Savannah in childcare. And we uh, got on the wait list while my wife was pregnant. Right. You have to get in a wait list for a year in advance instead yeah. of, you know, like it, it would be great if you just be like, ah, uh, we probably should do that childcare thing because school starts in, you know, in September. We should probably figure it out. No, you got to figure it out a year before. Some people have figured it out in, in, before they even have a kid. They start a wait list. We're going to, you know, let's think about having a baby. Let's get on the childcare wait list. Um, it's just these are, these don't seem like popular ideas and then they don't seem like things. I mean, UW. No, the UW system is being attacked right now by the state legislature. All this stuff just seems like uh, not great news. The the childcare thing, though, they could they could pass something. Right. That, this isn't the end about. of the road. Yeah, right. I, that's what I was wondering about, Rick, because the Republicans on the budget committee did not explain why they removed the child care counts funding. And that's because they were tired. It was two thirty <laughs> in the morning. Like, Let's they, go they, they ended the program and they went to bed. I would love to hear an explanation because, you know, the question is, like, does this mean that there's going to be something that maybe replaces child care counts? Is there another idea they for probably, how you can deal with child care? As Republicans, they probably don't want to continue a program that that was brought in by COVID, right? Because they don't want to be affiliated with that. And then also, they want the political win of passing something on their own. We're doing a thing on child care. Here it is, right? They want that political win. You know, Rick, as I kind of read between the lines, try to figure out what the Republicans' argument is here, that does seem to be what they are landing on. That, look, this was a pandemic-related policy. The pandemic is over and so now it's time to try something different but as you said the providers the child care providers wanted this to continue because they said hey this works pretty well for us or this is something that we would like to see persist into the future i mean of course right like hey uh, the state's going to give us money to pay for our mortgage we'd <laughs> all love to see a program right. like that uh but it does help them to help us so we'll be back after this All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in studio with me, UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chergosky, and um, along with our Reddit thread that we're talking yeah. about the the what wouldn't you go cheap on? You know, work boots, trash bags, desk chair, tattoo. Tattoos I say, for I say, sure. ma- I say mattress. You say cheese. I would also say socks. Uh, I have learned that if you buy a really good pair of socks, it's worth it. All right. So, if anyone's got any suggestions on things that you, you would not cheap, cheap out, out on, yeah, 
what do you cheap out on? Oh, well, we've already covered wine. Like, wine. I, <laughs> I, I buy the $3 bottle of wine. It used to be $2 at Trader Joe's. The thing is, too, is like, what wouldn't you cheap out on that you could cheap out on? Because if you go the other way, what would you cheap out on? I'll cheap out on a frozen pizza. Sure. But I'll also... This sounds weird, but I also go. Mm, I'm going to get that lots of matzo pizza today. Ooh. Like the, you know, it's like it's, sometimes it's six bucks, but you could pay ten bucks for it. Or I'm going to get, I'm going to go and get, you know, a twenty dollar. I'm not going to go. Or, or if you're going out for pizza, I'm going to get the Domino's or the Pizza Hut, which I would call cheaping out on pizza. Or you can get something local that's, you know, a little bit. Uh, it just feels better. It just feels yeah. better if you go to like yeah. Big Al's or Corky's or something like that oh, versus yeah. Domino's, you know? So there's a world here where you could ch- could cheap out. But if you cheap out on something like work boots... I would not recommend that's, that. That's not great. Yeah, there's a there's kind of an interesting story about work boots, too. It's like the, the poor person that has to buy the $30 work boots, and then at the end of the work season or the end of the, you know, a year, those work boots are garbage, and then they have to buy... $30 work boots and they can't you know, continuously. And then the the person that can afford it and buys the $180 work boots that last 15 years, sure. actually that's more sustainable and it ends up being cheaper for that person that can afford it. So there's this weird dichotomy where, you know, the person that has to buy the cheap work boots actually loses money by buying the cheap work boots. Yeah. Um, all right. So my, my, my thing though, and kind of along these lines, but not really, it was, just just driving into work today, look at my rear view, and there's a giant truck, a, like a work truck, a landscaping truck, right in, right on my butt, right? And I'm like, and I'm going 39 on the crest, and I should be going 40, right? Or, you know, like some people like to go about four, four or five over the speed limit. I never do that, but um, and I'm just like, whoa, okay. And then he passes me in the other lane, and he's got, you know, he's got to burn by me as if there's not two lanes, and as if it was a big inconvenience for him. But the most satisfying thing, I think, when you're driving is when you get to, so we got to the lights in the crest, and I turned right, but he, he beats me to the lights by, by far because he's driving his F-350, and he gets up to the light. He flies by me, um, and then he's at the lights for like seven seconds, and I'm just like, my little car, hey, hey, did you have to drive by me real fast? Thanks. Good, good job, tough guy. You know, just like it's so satisfying when that happens. The The more satisfying is when, that person on the highway passes you going like 90, right, on the interstate. And then like 10 minutes later, you see them pulled over. And you're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talk tech side. All right, we were talking about passing stuff in the middle of the night. 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m., which is weird because it's the middle of the night for everybody. but it's, Except for you. Well, that and it's early, but it's also early in the morning. It's not nighttime at all. So, yeah. Um, the the and and I and I forgot to make the joke that I should have you run over and ask Robin Voss. <laughs> we could ask Robin Voss. Hey, you're getting rid of the child care provider funding. Are you going to implement something else? I guess you wouldn't ask Robin Voss. You'd ask like Mark Brown yeah, or the Joint Finance people. You could. Yeah, I don't know if they're at the GOP convention in La Crosse. Yeah, well they're sleeping. Yeah, right? they probably. They, well, they're up by they now, but they, they probably slept in because they were up till two thirty in the yeah, morning. Yeah, they've got a busy next week. Ahead. I did want to. I did want to like shoot Jill Billings a text and just because I think they all have to be in there, right? I don't know. Is it just the Joint Finance people? So it's, it's just, just the those, Joint Finance. It's just those twelve members, people. Yeah. Or 16, 16 people. Yeah. I always think it's 12. It's 12 Republicans. It's so goofy. Like, couldn't you guys just do that? Like, do that during... It's weird. Like, what are you guys doing at 2.30 in the morning? Just do that earlier. 
Yeah, the budget process is so high stakes. It is so complicated. And the politics are so intense that it just goes on and on and but on. Those, those eight, uh, 12 Republicans that are on that, they're at the Lacrosse Center today, right? Uh, you know, I, I bet you some of them might be. Some of the, I guess not all the not politicians all are showing up at the... No, no, not all of them would be at the, the Lacrosse Center, but the leadership would be. We know that Robin Voss, the uh, Speaker of the State Assembly, is there. We know that the members of Congress on the Republican side are there. And uh going to be interesting to see what happens with the state Republican convention in Lacrosse over the weekend. Uh, going to be a lot of talk, I think, about who is going to run against Tammy Baldwin potentially for Senate in the 2024 election. The Republicans are still trying to sort that out. The field is very much developing. And, you know, of course, looking ahead to the 2024 presidential election, I'm sure there's going to be some talk about the presidential election. Uh, so, you know, not the most exciting thing to have a convention a year and a half before the next election, but you can bet that the party is definitely focused on the next election, even this far out. I feel like their conventions are a little late. If we're doing conventions, we should do them before the budget process is about a month before it's done, right? I had William Garcia on yesterday. He says they, they come up with a bunch of resolutions that they want politicians to kind of implement. Yeah. These are our you know standards. We would like to see this stuff pass. Well, the budget process is kind of when you would do that. You guys should have had your convention like couple months ago i know you can't do it until maybe the congress flips but have it a couple months ago so you can send those two people that are on budget writing or that can you know talk in during the budget process publicly about this stuff it's definitely for the party faithful rick and so you're going to see a lot of symbolic resolutions a lot of those resolutions on hot button social issues the culture wars you know some issues that, honestly, politicians might want to avoid because this is the party faithful, the true, you know, yeah. the, real, the true well, conservatives. Well, in politicians party. want to avoid, but the, the party would like to get it out there as we're doing legislation. I guess, you know, it's not I mean, it, it's not like Wisconsin's not a full time legislature and works, you know, 12 <laughs> months of the year. Oh, wait, they have the next seven months of next year off. I found my conspiracy theory. OK. And I want to give it to you. But first, other it, this isn't really a conspiracy theory. But so you have the Republican Party convention of the Republican Party of Wisconsin convention at the Lacrosse Center right now. Yep. And would it be ludicrous? Like this wouldn't be like a surprise. I'm here. But what if Governor Evers showed up to this thing, or like they invited him to this thing, or he he doesn't have to speak publicly. He doesn't. Although he could, he's the governor. Like let him speak at the convention. I mean, I don't know. The, the reception wouldn't be great. No. But he could be in some of these rooms. If, if what William is describing to me as the Democratic Party convention, if it's similar to the Republicans, he could be in some of these rooms listening sure. and talking. I feel like it would be a great PR stunt for Evers to go, hey, I, I asked to come. I, I, re, I said I would be willing to come and listen to, the, to you guys at the convention. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea, Rick. I mean, you can imagine what would happen if Ron Johnson showed up at the Wisconsin Democratic Party convention, the type of reception he would receive. Yeah, the reception wouldn't be great. It'd be terrible. And Ron Johnson can't come in blasting what Ron Johnson wants to say. I feel like these guys got to come in. And you're right. Ron Johnson could very well, should very well go to the Democratic Party Wisconsin convention. But go and listen. You don't have to, like, blast, like, all your conspiracies or like your priorities or even tell when someone tells you something just be like oh that's 
you know, you're, you're dumb, you know, but like go and listen. I just feel like that would be like, I wonder if other states have that. And if governors can show up to both parties and be like down. I've never heard of it, Rick, because the purpose of these conventions is to rally the party faithful. It's not really related to governing. It's not really related to public policy so much. It's all about firing up the activists and the donors in the party. And so I'm not sure how much a politician of the other party would really benefit from showing up. You're saying terrible idea. I mean, I like, I I always love your conspiracy theories. I just like the listening part. Adam Murphy ran for Senate against against Ron Johnson, Democrat. He's one of the 12 people that dropped out as Mandela Barnes, (laughs) you know, lost to Ron Johnson. But Adam Murphy has come in and he goes, I like to go. He's in Milwaukee. He's like, I like to go to these Republican events to listen. He said he went to one with like Charlie Kirk and another speaker. and, And he doesn't like what he hears. But he at least he listens, and then he can talk to people that are at, also at these events to kind of gauge, you know, because some people are you're just going to lose them. You're they're they're helpless in their party affiliation, and you can't listen and have a conversation. But other people are, you know, there, and you can actually have a con- like, hey, I'll bring up the childcare thing that the legislature did. Let's talk about it a little bit and understand, you know, both sides of that. Right. I mean, there are some things where potentially the two parties could find common ground. I mean. Theoretically, there is a deal to be made on childcare. Now, I don't know if a deal is going to actually be made on childcare in Wisconsin, but in theory, it could be made. I mean, just like the case with shared revenue funding for local governments, a deal was made yeah. between the two parties. There are some things, like you said, that are just completely off the table. So, abortion, for instance, there is not going to be any deal between the two parties on changing the abortion law in Wisconsin. That is headed straight for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. But on other issues, there is a real prospect of some cooperation if there is the motivation and the goodwill in order to achieve that cooperation. All right, conspiracy theory number two with UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. And I wrote this, so I'm just going to read it because I don't actually remember, but I kind of wrote this probably, uh, you know, at at one of those times where mm, I'm not all there, but uh, conspiracy theory-ish, I say. The Supreme Court has a bad reputation lately. The U.S. Supreme Court, right? I think that's what I was talking about. As A a blue state should, as I keep saying, create a law that directly opposes Citizens United. So I I keep saying this. When when an Alabama or somebody uh, uh, um, passes a law that just goes against Roe versus Wade, the whole intention is to get that to the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade, right? So a blue state should do that. Uh, Minnesota, pass a law that doesn't allow funding from entities, right, like in, in terms of political funding. Go against Citizen United. After that, it'll get challenged all the way to the Supreme Court. And as they're facing all this negative PR with what Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas being this billionaire buddy, you know, like buddy up or whatever. Um, but they get to all this negative PR. They can uphold the blue state's law. So Minnesota's they uphold Minnesota's anti-Citizens United law. And they basically end Citizens United and liberals rejoice at the Supreme Court, which has had all this negative, their right wing extremist group, right? Yeah, I mean, right now, the liberal side, the Democratic side, has really soured on the Supreme Court. So, you know, you wonder if the Supreme Court is going to be concerned about that, that they're losing public confidence, that maybe they need to bolster their public support. Right now, Republicans tend to be more favorable towards the Supreme Court. But overall, the Supreme Court is not really having a very positive reputation right now. Well, no, they they did do something. This is what triggered it. They did something with the Civil Rights Act this week right they just and it was kind of basic but it was it was just like 
the left wing side of you know people that follow it were it, like, oh, good. That's right, Rick. It had to do with the representation of uh, black representatives in Congress. And so the Supreme Court made a ruling that could result in additional black members of Congress. This came as a surprise. There was John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, two conservatives who joined with the three liberals on the Supreme Court in order to make this ruling. And it's likely that in the Deep South, there will be some additional Democratic Party-friendly districts that elect black members of the House of Representatives. All right, so that was my conspiracy, and I think it was triggered from that 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 ruling on Civil Rights Act. Yeah, and I was like, wow, they could. I feel like they only did that to get some a little bit of positive PR because everything has been so negative. Oh, about there's the strong Court. evidence from political science that the Supreme Court justices are aware of public views of them and yeah they want to achieve their ideological goals i mean just look at the conservative justices trying to overturn and successfully overturning roe versus wade that was a an ideological goal for sure of the conservative bloc on the supreme court but they also don't want to push too far i mean i think a question that the supreme court faces is how far can they push in their desired ideological direction without completely undermining public confidence in kind of this idea that they are a neutral body a body that can be above politics i mean you just you could just grab like dan kelly the guy that lost to janet protosewicz in the wisconsin you just grab his i'm a constitutionalist i only i don't see through a lens of right or left I only see the eyes through the law and I only pass legislation that or not legislation court rulings through the constitution, you know, like that, that should be the the way, but you're, I mean, it's totally just all, all jacked up on right and left wing issues. Um, all right, one more break. Is this like Friday, nice weather enough Absolutely. for you? All right. Uh, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me, UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Jurgoski. And uh, catch me 750 Monday with my K's. Oh, 750 for sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that means, I mean, does he try to do weekly with Van Orden? I, I never ask him. Because he tries to get Van Orden on, and sometimes Van Orden's too busy. Well, I, I want to start my week talking with Mike. We, I mean, honestly, we mainly talk about our kids. Yeah. Occasionally we might get to politics. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we do here. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I've, I, you know, I've, I've toyed with the idea of having you, and I don't know if you, I didn't, I haven't asked you this, but is it better to have you come on on Mondays because all the stuff that happens over the weekend, and then we just kind of get started? But like, see, that is exactly why Mike and I often arrange for me to come on on Mondays. It's, it's good that you come on because not all, not a lot of stuff happens. But you know, like we always kind of got to check the Twitter feed to see if something drops. There's usually late something on a goofy. There's usually something goofy that pops up by Monday morning. Um, these are the kind of texts that I get all throughout the week, and it's just eye rolling. But when I throw the Governor Evers should go to the Republican Party convention and talk to Republicans or listen, I should more listen to him. Um, Joe texts in that made no sense at all. Evers is, will be too busy attending rainbow events. Thanks for the laugh. So okay, so he'll be attending. He, I don't know. So the, it's just very unproductive. But um, Wisconsin Democratic Party sent out an email. So the, and, and speaking of unproductive, I just I get fed up with the unproductive. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just political jargon. And I, I would rather you spend your time trying to tell me how to solve inflation rather than trying to tell this. So this email from from the from Ben Wickler, the, the chair of the Democratic Party. The biggest story from the convention this weekend will be a thing that didn't happen. The Wisconsin GOP dominated by mega extremism and divided against itself. 
still hasn't dredged up a single candidate willing to take on Senator Tammy Baldwin. So, Yeah, you know, Rick, I think that will be a theme over the weekend, trying to figure out who might be interested on the Republican side in running against Tammy Baldwin. There has been attempts by the Republicans to generate some hype about their ability to maybe defeat Tammy Baldwin. We know that Tammy Baldwin is up for re-election in 2024, and Republicans are still trying to find a candidate. In fact, there are no announced candidates on the Republican side. And so close. there's going to be a lot of close watching of the convention to try to read the tea leaves, try to figure out who might be interested in running against Baldwin. So the email goes on. It's clear Wisconsin Republicans still have no answers for addressing the anti-abortion extremism that has rendered them toxic with voters. I feel like they're good. Like, we're just not going to do anything on the abortion issue in Wisconsin. We're good. We don't need to talk about it. Waiting for it to reach the state Supreme Court for sure. I mean, right now there is just gridlock. The Republicans are internally divided within the state legislature about what they should do on abortion. Anything they might pass would get vetoed by Governor Evers. And so really people just waiting for the state Supreme Court. And I think you might have tweeted this out or I I read it somewhere is they want to – they want to add rape and incest to the abortion law, like allow that to happen through rape and incest if that happens. But they can't get the votes is one of the theories. They can't get enough of the that. And that would be right wing extremism in the Republican Party. They can't get the votes to pass legislation amongst the party. But then the Senate leader says, we're just not going to vote on it because we know Evers will veto it as if Republicans in the legislature never pass legislation. They know vetoes. Oh, Evers Evers has Tony Evers has racked up a heck of a lot of vetoes during the time that he has been governor of Wisconsin. And so I can understand the Republican strategy. They don't want to take a tough vote on something just so it can get vetoed. But hey, Evers has racked up his share of vetoes. All right, that's all the time we have for for today. For the have week. a have a great weekend everybody.